0: As a doctor, I would like to ask you once again, on behalf of the nurses and paramedics and all of the other doctors, um, something that you probably heard before, but I would like to to ask all of you to stay home for us while we stay at work for you. And by this action, uh, everyone can save lives.
1: You are listening to the voice of Dr. Domitika Dulak, who is a medical graduate from the Medical University of Dunst in Poland. Currently, Dr. Dulak is doing a one-year postgraduate internship in a community hospital in the north part of Poland, after which she will start a residency in the United States. In this episode, Dr. Dulak will give us a glimpse of how the healthcare system in other countries are handling the coronavirus pandemic and what we can learn from Poland. Dr. Dula will share her insight on how the government is handling the coronavirus and her message to all of us. They stay at work so that we can stay at home. So listen on. Hello friends, this is the What is Public Health podcast with your host, Dr. Kee Chan. What is public health? To me, public health is the invisible force that keeps you healthy every day, and I bet you didn't even know it. This podcast is your source of the latest trend in public health. Hello friends, I am here with Dr. Dulak, a medical provider from Poland. I'm really excited that she joined us here today, um, especially after she's finished her long day of clinic work, and that she would love to just share her perspective on medical care in Poland, and also just her perspective on what's going on in the world uh, during this coronavirus pandemic. So Dr. Dulak, thank you so much for being here today. I know you're a physician in Poland and I know that you would be um, starting your residency here in the US, so congratulations. Thank you for your invitation, Ki. I'm
0: really happy to be here. And I'm also very looking forward to my residency in the US. Unfortunately, uh, because of the um, global threat of COVID-19 at this moment, I'm not really sure when I start my residency. Um, I think that um, this is how I feel right now many of uh, other medical doctors and fourth year medical students uh, in the U.S. as well. So uh, at this moment, I'm working as an intern in community, community hospital in the north of Poland uh, before I start my residency uh, in the U.S., Uh, So at this moment, I'm on pediatric ward and uh, my role is to admit and treat the patients uh, that are not sick of coronavirus, because we all have to remember that not everyone who will be at the hospital uh, will have uh, coronavirus. There are still people with simple upper respiratory infection and fever because of UTI. So I believe this puts us in a very uncomfortable uh, situation when we have to approach every single patient as a patient with uh, possible coronavirus, uh, without very often without proper protective equipment. So uh, at this moment in our hospital, we are working on a few days shifts. So the half of the hospi- half, half of the doctors on the ward is at work at the hospital and half of them is um, at their houses. Um, It's supposed to prevent the whole ward from closure uh, in case of any patient is diagnosed with coronavirus during their stay at the hospital and being treated for something else. Because it happened a few times that the whole ward was closed because someone who was admitted for a heart attack Uh, it occurred that uh, he has coronavirus infection as well. And then everyone had to be uh, quarantined on on this uh, ward. So also all the uh, scheduled uh, admission and non-life-threatening, non-life-saving surgeries uh, had to
1: be postponed. So it sounds to me that there's a a strategy to split up the workload so that not everyone is could be potentially affected if there was someone who had coronavirus in the, who was getting care for something else and just didn't know they had it and unintentionally infect every people. So it sounds like there is a strategy in place. Um, like here in the U.S., like we're running out of masks, gloves, and a lot of hospital equipment. Like what is the situation in healthcare supply in Poland, like where you're at? Like, you mentioned that you seem to be a little bit worried about not having enough protective gear. Um, what is the status in terms of supplies? So, um, unfortunately, in
0: Poland, even before the pandemic started, the Polish healthcare system was underfinanced and workers were, I would say, underpaid. And this crisis only deepened this uh, state. So um, so our PP- PPE was limited before the pandemics. I mean, the protective, uh, protective equipment was limited before the pandemic. And right now, the shortage is very, very severe. Uh, doctors, nurses, and paramedics sometimes have to work without proper, uh, they have to work despite a lack of uh, appropriate protection. But so every hospital right now tries to uh, provide the supplies on their own, uh, asking for help in internet, uh, to the companies that may help. Um, Also, what we can observe at this moment in Polish community is that People are just buying fabric and they are organizing uh, mask sewing, uh, 3D uh, companies with 3D printers. They are printing uh, Googles and protective shields in their printers or even the labs and beauty salons. They are giving away their supplies. So um, Poland really um, don't have much equipment but everyone is trying to share and organize at this moment. So I would say this is very, um, this is amazing to see how people got united um, in the light of, of this lack and this um,
1: crisis. Due to this unfortunate circumstances, as you see the collective effort, but in, in any case, it's great to see that communities are standing up And making a difference. And, you know, I know there's a lack of supplies and masks and other hospital equipment in many countries, but I think it's great to see that community members are stepping up to do something about it instead of just complaining about it or you, or even just buying up all the masks and gloves and so that nobody else has it, that the communities are gathering here. And then you said they're having so like sewing groups to sew masks or, and then, and then having companies um, provide some of the material um, to support the hospital so that healthcare workers can do their work without having to worry. Do I have the protective gears to do my work? In the yes, best I, way, you know?
0: Yes, exactly. They, they organize uh, groups on Facebook uh, because obviously you cannot gather. At this moment, gathering of two people of more or more in Poland is banned. So the whole country is under like, complete uh, quarantine. Everyone is uh, under lockdown. So you can go only to work and uh, to buy groceries and basically nothing, nothing else. So two or more people are, are banned. Gatherings of two or more people are banned. So people are trying to organize via Facebook or, or some other um, groups uh, in the internet. Um, I even heard that one startup company uh, with, also with 3D printers, they are trying to uh, print a respirator for... Uh, for the hospital so because of course we also lack uh, respirators especially in um, community community and smaller hospitals because we have what our our government did um, they kind of uh, designated few hospitals uh, to be only for coronavirus patients so they are aimed to uh, treat, uh, and they are focused on on this patient, and they don't admit any other patients. So, probably this um, its purpose is to uh, somehow reduce the transmission among the other hospitals and healthcare workers.
1: Dr. Dulac, um, it sounds to me in Poland, they're doing something very slightly different in the U.S., where in U.S., like, um, all hospitals are open for anyone to come in to get care. Although we do have designated testing sites where testing is being offered and then testing samples are then sent off to a centralized location where the testing is done and results are then sent back to the Um, to the clinics or the different hospital where the samples were originally taken. But it sounds to me in Poland, what what it is, is that they have designated hospitals to be the point of operation where patients who are concerned whether they have the coronavirus will get tested and get treated. Is that how it's being done there in Poland? Yes, this is how they are trying to do right now. So
0: like move all the patients that are uh, possible coronavirus carrier or they are uh, infected with coronavirus, they try to move everyone to these to designated hospitals. So they are prepared with all the uh, protective gear. They also have uh, respirators there uh, that are available for them because in our like community hospitals, we have respirators, but they are used on our for our currently current uh, patients that are right now in our ICUs. Um, so these centers, these hospitals, are prepared only for uh, COVID nineteen patients, uh, and most of the suspected cases are also sent there. So if you have a patient that. Um, is coming to ED to the emergency department with um, some symptoms, or during the interview or history taking, uh, we may think that they may be uh, they may be sick because of the um, coronavirus infection. We are sen- sending them to this designated hospitals at this moment,
1: and that might be a strategy to just to contain the spread, so that you know someone who may have it may unintentionally infect other people by going to the hospital. And so by having them designate certain hospitals, so then does that mean that then medical staff that are then redirected to work at these different hospitals? Like So there could be staffs from your hospital being redirected to these designated hospitals. So how would that impact the workflow in your current hospital then?
0: So this is exactly how um, how it may be that um, our governor governor can can just send us to these other hospitals, but at this moment because of the uh, amount of the number of patients, is not that high, so we are still working on let's say quite regular basis in my hospital which. It's not supposed to be the COVID hospital, so uh, we don't have any uh, regular admissions. We have only this uh, life-threatening um, life-threatening conditions uh, treated at this moment. Um, so we are just trying to um, to avoid too many doctors and nurses at the same time uh, on one ward one word just in case someone who is there at this moment being treated for something else um, they, uh, they are infected and we didn't know that before uh, for example because some of our patients unfortunately I keep it as a secret that they may have been infected or they have some symptoms, just because they are so scared that we will not treat them for something they came with, or they will be uh, put into quarantine for that. So this is something that our hospital and our healthcare system in Poland is uh, dealing at this moment, because we are really afraid that most of our Workers, healthcare providers like paramedics and nurses and doctors will be put into quarantine because um, because the patients they just did, don't disclose uh, the fact that they may had contact with someone who is uh, coronavirus positive, or they uh, they have some fever and dyspnea, cough, uh, this kind of this kind of things.
1: Actually, that's an important point of unintended consequences of the coronavirus pandemic. Is that there may be a fear from pe- of people not sh- disclosing that they're positive or feeling sick, have fevers, because they want to get some elective procedure or they want to see a doctor for other cases, and they may not, and they may be pushed aside or or rescheduled for a later date. And so that you know, these are could be unintended consequences of people's behavior. Um, but you did mention that the um, that the spread of virus, the spread of the virus, is not at the peak yet. So can you tell us more about the current status of the spread of the coronavirus in Poland?
0: So the first case uh, of uh, coronavirus in Poland was on uh, March fourth, um, and until today we have ele- over 1,100 cases. So this puts us. Um, In the same point as Italy was at the very beginning of March. So in my opinion, uh, right now, this uh, few next days um, or maybe two weeks will be crucial uh, to see where Poland is going at this moment, if we're going to follow the Italian way or maybe we will stay on, hopefully we will stay on this uh, flattened curve that uh, at this moment, South Korea is. Um, So unfortunately, it seems like um, the number of uh, our patients, of uh, patients infected with coronavirus is not that accurate and a little bit underestimated because I believe that we are doing far too little, too few tests to um, to see the exactly how to see how exactly how many of uh, infected patients we have um, comparing to uh, other countries in uh, european union
1: so in in Poland, like if people have fever and exhibit some of the symptoms as outlined by the WHO or and CDC here in the US, which I think are very similar to what's outlined in WHO, like how are they? How do they get access to a test? Yeah,
0: they have to they have to meet all the criteria to get tested. So first of all, they have to have uh, fever, dis, uh, fever, sharpness of breath, or cough plus. Uh, the epidemiology criterion uh, criteria, which is, for example, that they uh, contacted someone who was positive for coronavirus, or they came abroad, or they had some uh, contact with someone who is uh, who came back from uh, from Germany, Spain, or Italy, and they have some symptoms. So. It's not like everyone who is coughing and having high temperature will get tested for coronavirus. These patients are sent uh, back homes usually. So that's why I feel like they also should get tested because at this moment we are not sure and anymore if they, um, if they could have coronavirus because, because they were abroad. But it's just they could go shopping, could have gone shopping, and and that, that may have been the reason why they have it at this moment. We I, I believe we are at this point where when any tr- when travel doesn't matter at all.
1: Yeah, I think the testing criteria are going to have to adjust given the new evidence that in the beginning it was whether that you traveled abroad, um, but now it's almost a communal transmission right like someone could have gone to the store and touched something that someone else touched and they don't know anyone who traveled they didn't travel themselves but it's just so happened that they were just doing the routine that they normally do and they got infected and they didn't know and that person maybe didn't know that they were infected and unintentionally touched something and left something and so someone else touched it um, so yeah I think that we have to be mindful about maybe adjusting our testing criteria so that we can identify people early on. So how, so if someone is feeling that they have some of the symptoms and maybe not might meet all of the criterias and they're concerned, and maybe, you know, we're at this point where we can't test everybody and there's not enough tests. That's the reason, like, what would you recommend them to do? Because I think that's the fear that most people have right now is that there's not enough tests. I'm kind of concerned but should I wait or sh- when, how long should I wait? Um, so what is your advice to them? So I believe that the best
0: thing a person with uh, just mild symptoms but, uh, but who cannot get tested, uh, I would suggest for such a person to just stay at home and also maybe ask the rest of your household to do the same and undergo quarantine uh, for 14 days. Uh, unfortunately, anyway, there will be no place in hospitals for everyone and for, the, for patients with mild symptoms as well. So anyway, there will be no place for everyone in the hospital, especially for patients with uh, mild symptoms. And these patients will have to recover at home anyway. Uh, if there is no life threat or there is no intensive care required. Uh, so I believe the best thing they can do for themselves and for um, everybody else is just to stay home. Uh, and if their, um, if their health deteriorates somehow, then they should call uh, emergency department or your healthcare care provider.
1: Yeah. And I think, thank you for that advice. I think that's helpful to know that it is okay to have mild symptoms because, you know, just like the flu, like there's mild symptoms and you stay home so you're not contagious. um, And that your immune system is what is going to really fight for you.
0: I believe that the most important thing is at this moment, not to lose our minds over it and stay calm, uh, of course, prescribing for yourself uh, these medications is by no means is a good thing. Uh, because s- secondly, we... Um, the, for example, anti-malarian drugs, um, the drugs that treat malaria, malaria um, they are not uh, commonly used because they have so many side effects. So that's why uh, people, um, even the production of these uh, drugs was stopped because these the, drugs had too many side, effect, side effects. And people should, under no circumstances, should they take it uh, on their own. Uh, I, I believe there was even a case in the US when uh, recently that the couple took anti-malarian drugs. And uh, one of them died because of that, because of the side effects. So we should not try to treat or prevent coronavirus with uh, these with drugs by ourselves. Um, what, what can we do is to limit the contact with the possible contact with other people, because this is the um, coronavirus is um, the root of transmission is person-to-person, person. so the only way to limit the transmission and the likelihood of getting sick is to limit the contact with other people at this moment, so no drugs uh, will help us, um, to will prevent us from uh, getting sick from coronavirus, and only uh, under super, we, we should take Drugs to treat coronavirus only under supervision of uh, doctors who are expertise in the field at this moment, who read a, who read a lot about it, based on uh, Chinese um, Chinese experience uh, and the doctors working there. Unfortunately. Despite our government assurance that we are prepared for what is coming next, I'm afraid that reality is different. Uh, So, we did have the travel restrictions quite early, also the protocols and guidelines uh, were implemented some time ago, Um, but actually they didn't really care of, didn't take care of securing uh, all the protective equipment and respirators, um, especially for the smaller and this community hospitals, because for sure designated hospitals, they have it. But there will be a moments uh, when they will be overwhelmed with uh, patient flow. And the question is, what's going to be next? because their capacity is very limited and the next step will be that the patient will come to us but to us I mean community hospitals but at that moment we won't have protective equipment anymore probably we will have no respirators so because of that, I'm a little bit disappointed with uh, how we are prepared as, um, as a healthcare system. Um, I would say, once again, as I mentioned before, it's amazing how our community, community, community is um, dealing with that and organizing uh, all of these events and uh, charity. They are... Um, they are collecting money through the internet to help uh, the hospitals to buy, um, to buy the masks and gowns.
1: So so Dr. Dulak, thank you so much for sharing your perspective in how the medical system is handling the coronavirus pandemic in Poland. Do you have any advice for health workers? First of all, I would like to thank all of you for fighting
0: this and even fight with coronavirus, um, I know it's very stressful for both doctors and their families. So I would just like to ask all the healthcare workers to uh, to take care of yourself uh, and try to use every opportunity to to rest and to sleep, to eat healthy and. I would say that um, it's okay if you are looking for help or you are not handling uh, this whole situation good. And I believe it's always okay to talk uh, to someone about it. I'm pretty sure um, there are around you many people that, that will be willing to, to listen to you because this is what I feel right now in my uh, community and in Poland that Everyone is very um, supportive of of doctors and everyone working in the hospital. So I believe that it's okay for you to talk to them.
1: And any advice for the general public, Doctor Dulak, as we come to close to our interview?
0: Again, it will be more probably of um, asking for a favor than um, any uh, specific advice. But. We all have to live our lives uh, in the time of pandemic. And we have to learn to live a different way than than we did before. Everyone's life changed and became harder. Uh, But at the same time, I would like to ask you not to forget that there are still people living around you that they may need help with buying groceries or picking up drugs from a pharmacy there are many people who already lost or will lose their incomes because of the health crisis. Um, so if it is possible and you can afford it, please share with others, especially if if uh, what you bought may go wasted, uh, as, as we talked uh, previously. Um, I would like also to ask you to call your neighbor or call your grandma, ask how they are doing. Because in um, current situation, uh, I believe that people may feel more lonely than, uh, than they felt ever before. So I would say just let's stay human in these hard times. As a doctor, I would like to ask you once again on behalf of the nurses and paramedics and all of the other doctors. Um, Something that you probably heard before, but I would like to to ask all of you to stay home for us while we stay at work for you. And by this action, uh, everyone can save lives. I believe that if we limit the spread um, if, we, if we limit the spread of the virus right now by uh, limiting uh, our contact with others. Uh, so when the time comes, we will all be able again to meet at concert or a barbecue again. So, but now for
1: now, please stay home. Well, thank you so much for that message, Dr. Dulak, And I echo your message that sometimes doing nothing is the best thing, right, is to stay home and to let you and others to do their work in helping to combat this coronavirus pandemic here. So thank you so much again for your time here. I know that you just finished a long day of clinic work and you joining us here for this podcast to spread your message, to share such an important perspective um, from Poland so that we can see that you know, even though you may feel alone, that why is this happening? This is happening to everyone everywhere and that we're in this together. So thank you again, Dr. Dulak. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It
0: has been a big pleasure to be here with you and to share my experience.
1: Thank you. Thank you. If you got questions about any of the episodes, feel free to reach out to me directly. And while you're there at it, please subscribe to the podcast and share the episode that you felt connected with so we could be a part of this collective invisible force called public health. Thanks.